All right, ask the first chapter. Let's start from the first verse. Who could read it for us? We are starting from the first verse. So we read from verse 1 to verse 5. Then we finish. We just summarize or then we continue. All right? Please read it for us. Yes, please, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. Acts 1, verses the number 1 to 5. Dear Theophilus, in my first book, I wrote all of... I wrote about all the things that Jesus did and taught from the time he began his work. Verse 2. Until the day he was taken up to heaven, before he was taken up, he gave instructions by the power of the Holy Spirit to the men he had chosen as his apostles. Verse 3. For 40 days after his death, he appeared to them he appeared to them many times in ways that proved beyond doubt that he was alive. They saw him and he talked with them about the kingdom of God. Verse 4. And when they came together, he gave them this order. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift I told you about, the gift my father promised. Verse 5. John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 The book of Acts has to be one of my favorites. One of my favorite books, Puss, the, resur um, the Resurrection of Our Lord, contains many infallible truths. And it sets out the foundation of our faith. All right? And um, by, by what we see the apostle do, we know what we should be doing. I want to repeat that again. By what we see the apostle do, we know what we should be doing. By what we see the apostles do, we know what we should be doing. So this is Luke writing to Theophilus. And then, I mean, during the first two series, I went deep into this verse one. All right, so let's continue. He says, until the day he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. First, I want you to not take notice of something. That until the day he was taken up. Now, I want to say this, but please bear with me, all right? Just so we can look at both truths. When the Lord Jesus ascended into heaven, his ministry ended. Because his ministry was to die, resurrect, and ascend. But someone will say, Sir, in 1 John, the Bible says that we have an advocate with the Father. If anyone says we have an advocate with the Father. Um, let's look at that scripture. I think it's 1 John 1 2 or 1 John 2 1. Um, My little children, I write this to you that ye sin not, but if any man sins, First uh, John two, First John two, verse one. He says, "My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins." Now, I want you to understand. When I say his ministry ended, who has ever heard this statement before? That Jesus Christ is with the Father and is always pleading on the Father on our behalf. Who has ever heard that statement? 
that oh if you sin you know jesus christ it's not true why is it not true because the bible says is a propitiation for our sins it's not that he is going to be so when a christian falls into the place of sin and he begins to say father in jesus name i've said this before you don't ask for forgiveness you go for forgiveness he is the propitiation for us. Let me back that um, argument I just made with scripture. First John 2, 1. He says, my little children, I am writing these things to you that you may not sin. You see, he says that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And the verse 2, he says, he is a propitiation for our sins. He is not going to be, he is. So, when, let's say a Christian falls into the place of sin, when you go to God, you don't go to God in asking for forgiveness. But someone who says, sir, we see in, in the same first John, it says that if you confess your sins, he's truly right and just to forgive you. The Bible says, confess your sins. It didn't say, ask for forgiveness of your sins. Now, someone might also argue, but say, in the template of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus Christ said, um, forgive us as we also forgive our debtors. That one, you see, it was he was trying to point to us how our sins are forgiven. That as believers, our sins are forgiven because we have the enablement of, of also forgiving others that wrong us. Do you understand this? Do you understand this? Yes, please. Hello? There's only one person here. Do we all have disagreements? Yes, who, has who has a question so far of what I've said? Who has a question? Can we continue? Can we continue? All right. Yes, now, he says, he is the propitiation for our sins. So let's say, say, I fell into a sin. What do I do? When you go to God, you see, let me, let me show you a scripture in the book of Acts. Let me show you a scripture. Acts chapter 2, let's look at verse 38. Acts chapter 2, verse 40, um, verse 38, sorry. Acts 2, 38. Yes, who is reading for us? Quickly, quickly. Yes, please, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. Acts 2, verses the number 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the remission of your sins. So this is Peter presenting the gospel to them. And when Peter presented the gospel to them, they asked him, what then shall we do to be saved? And he said that repent, believe, and be, be, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. You see there, he did not say, go and ask Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Are you all with me? Are you understanding this? Are you, are you getting me? Are you with me, please? So, in Christ, I want you to have this assurance in your heart. In Christ, there is no sin greater. You are forgiven. 
I want you to say it with me. Say, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Say your chest out one more time. Say, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. And this might this might sound a little bit, you know, above head, but I want you to believe what I'm telling you because it's a scripture. You see, the sin of yesterday, the sin of today, the sin of tomorrow is forgiven because he says he is the remission. He is, he is the propitiation for our sins. You see, God laid it on Christ. There is no sin greater that God cannot forgive or God has not forgiven. Who say I did this last this night. Last of course. Do you know what, what the apostle said? He said, I was the chief of all sinners. He was killing believers. Guess what? He's in heaven now. Are you all with me? Are you all with me? So have this assurance in your heart that in Christ I am forgiven. Say, what do I do? What if I fall into sin? When you fall into sin, go to the Father and receive. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, probably let's say, you know, you fornicated. You go to the Lord, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I receive forgiveness for this fornication. That is where the confession of your sin is. Do you understand it? Probably, let's say, you know, you did something horrendous. You did something bad. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I receive forgiveness for, then you mention it. That is where confession of sin is. I want to say this. In Christ, we don't live by ourselves. You know, the Bible said that the just shall live by what? Come on, the just shall live by what? Faith. By faith. By your faith. So by your faith in Christ, that is how you live. You see, God do not want any flesh boasting in front of him. So God will not forgive you because you ask him to forgive you. No. God will forgive you because you believe that is you have faith in what he has done for your forgiveness i want to say it again god will not forgive you because you ask him for forgiveness god forgives you because your faith is in what christ did for those of you who are at the camp i taught on this solar christos in christ alone are you all with me please are you all with me yes sir. yes sir. Charlie, who has a question? The way you guys, your faces are, we haven't even got to the Can we continue? So the Bible says, until the day he was taken up. Until the day he was taken up. So I want to assure you, as he was taken up, when he was taken up, his ministry ended. So now, our response to what Christ did is faith. Our response to what he did is faith. Faith in him alone. Now, let's continue. Until the day he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, let's look at something. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say this. In your walk with God, the most important person to know is the Holy Spirit. In your work with God, who did I say is the most important person to know? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Why is it important? Because he is the one who reveals Jesus. 
So the Holy Spirit do not just, you know, he reveals Jesus Christ, our Lord said. He says that he shall show you the things that is to come. He says when the Spirit of truth comes, he shall guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit on earth. How much more you and I? And this scripture points us to the fact that Jesus did nothing without he, the Holy Spirit. The Bible said, after he has given command through the Holy Spirit, why is it important for us to know? Because I can say, oh, you know, Esther went to sleep. And Esther went to sleep. But then, what, what was it about? Because you see, Jesus Christ says something. When his disciples said, they met one time, they met, you know, a guy. They, no, they were about to enter a city. And the city did not allow him or them, that's Jesus and his disciples, to enter. And Jesus' disciples said, Lord, let's command fire like Elijah did to consume them. And Jesus Christ, our Lord, said something. He said that you do not know the spirit of whom you are of. Whenever you hear a voice, behind the voice is the spirit. Every voice of any man you hear, behind that voice is a spirit. So you are either subjected to the power of this world or subjected to the spirit of the Lord. So it is important as a believer, you see, one thing you must protect with all your heart is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because it is out of your relationship with the Holy Spirit that you get to know Jesus. Jesus is revealed through the scriptures by the Spirit. I want to say it again. Jesus is revealed through the scriptures by the Spirit. I want you to um, say, say it with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus, my Lord, my Lord is revealed unto me, is revealed unto me by His Spirit. By his spirit. No man can know Jesus without the spirit of the Lord. So I want to ask you a question. Who here, you have heard someone say he has read all the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and all what he find was contradiction. Who has said such statements before? Oh, only one person, two people. Why? Because the Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. What does it mean? Through the letter, which is the inscripted word of God, through the letter, we are able to know, but through the spirit, we are able to come into what is known. Through the letter, we are able to know, but through the spirit, we are able to come into what is known. So we have atheists reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation just to come and argue. And that is the same Bible you and I will read. Then our lives are transformed. But theirs are not. Why? Because the revelation of the Son of God is not by letter, it's by spirit. The revelation of the Son of God is not by letter, it's by spirit. But you see, it is now the Bible makes us understand. It says he gave commands through his, the Holy Spirit. Now, why it, must it be through the Holy Spirit? Because it is by the Holy Spirit that men are compelled.
It is by the Holy Spirit that what men are compelled. So the Bible will put it this way. In the days of his power, his people shall be willing. You and I are willing to stick our neck for the gospel. Why? Because commands given by the Spirit compels our heart to move for the Spirit. Commands given by the Spirit compels our heart to move uh, uh, um, for the Spirit. So God, what, what would you have me do? Lord, where would you have me go? Lord, where should I go? What do I do? As these questions are asked, the Spirit of the Lord brings commands from heaven onto our hearts. Then we begin to respond to the commands of heaven. Are you all with me? So Jesus did not just speak to the disciples. Jesus commanded the disciples by the compelling power of the Holy Spirit. Every instruction from God is a compelling command. I want to say it again. Every instruction from God is a compelling command. Jesus Christ has become our Lord. And because he is Lord, you know, I heard the dear man of God say that when, when the Bible says Lord, he's talking about a military term. When you get into the soldier and your sergeant says, left, turn, even if you want to turn right, you turn left. Why? The sergeant has spoken. And that is the same with our faith. The reason why Jesus needed to give commands by the Spirit is because the sergeant has to speak. Are you all with me? Are you all with me? Are you all with me? And how would this apply to your daily life? Listen, that is why you must fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Your voice would matter on earth. Your voice would be heard. If there is this relationship with the Spirit, if there is this, I, want, I don't want to say relationship, but there is this fellowship with the Spirit. Constant communion, consistent fellowship with the Spirit. Jesus gave commands through the Spirit. Jesus could have just spoken, but he gave the commands through the Spirit. Behind the voice you hear is a Spirit. Let me say this. The last time I was talking to a dear man of God, and we, we, we both agreed on this statement. Listen, listen. The devil can give crowds to the wrong people. When we say C-R-O-W-D-S. So far as the wrong doctrine is perpetrated or pronounced and declared, the devil can give crowds. On Saturday, I said something and I said, wrong doctrine can reroute your life forever. That if care and prayer is not considered, you might never be able to consider, um, you might never be able to recover. We are here today, wrong doctrine, was introduced. Wrong doctrine. In the Garden of Eden, did God really say? That was wrong doctrine. Say, I am in constant fellowship with the Holy Ghost. I want you to say it. Say it. I am in constant fellowship with the No, believe it, believe it. Believe it and say it again. Say, I'm in constant fellowship with the Holy Ghost. I'm in constant, I'm in constant I'm fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. My life moves by, the, by his commands. See, my, my, life, life, moves by my life moves by his commands. 
Oh, once again, my life moves by his command. My life, my life, life moves by his command. So the Holy Spirit says, turn, turn left. I, I've shared the story with all of us sometime over and over and over. It was one Christmas, I believe two, three years ago, I was in my room. The Holy Spirit told me, go out. My guy, what should I go out for? Well, I obeyed and I went out. I was standing outside and it was sunny because Australia in December is um, summer. It was sunny. I was burning, but I was outside. And I went out and I found a box of shoes. I've shared this story so many times. And every single one of those shoes were my shoe size. Imagine I did not respond. One time about, I think, four years, five years ago, you know, I had finished work and, you know, it was getting close to Christmas. The Holy Spirit used to give me Christmas. He still gives me Christmas gifts. Anyways, it was getting close to Christmas and I finished work. I normally would have used a certain route, but I used a different route by his inspiration. I got to that place. There was a suit, new suit that was there waiting for me. Guess what? I put it on me and it's directly my size. Can this be a coincidence? I want to ask you, was it a coincidence? What are the chances? What are the probabilities? The Holy Spirit can direct your life to be in alignment with where God wants it to be. When you hear God's voice, be quick to respond. Be quick to respond. Be quick to respond. The Holy Spirit beautifies my life. The Holy Spirit beautifies my life. Yeah, he beautifies your life. Now, let's continue. He says he gave command through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, I want to emphasize on this. The apostles whom he had chosen. <laughs> One of the most misused words in, 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 in the body of Christ today is the word apostle. Because... <laughs> Has realized it. Well, who has realized it that today is either bishop or apostle or prophet or bishop or apostle or prophet? It's beautiful, all right. It's beautiful. Shall we look at the criteria for apostle? Do you want us to look at it? Do you want yes. to know who the Bible says is an apostle? Yes, please. Sir. Oh, are you interested or no? Yes, please. I'm interested. Yes, please. Sir. Only two people are interested. Okay. Are we interested to know or not? <laughs> yes, please, sir. Yes, sir. First of all, I want to start by saying apostles are chosen by God. What did I say? Apostles are, apostles chosen, are, chosen, by God. Apostles are chosen by God. Okay. Now, I want you to understand this. That's when we say apostle, an apostle is an office, right? It's an office. The word apostle is from the Greek word apostolos, which means a messenger. A messenger. A messenger. So oftentimes, most of the, one of the most popular interpretation or one of the most popular meaning for the word apostle has been that someone who can prophesy, heal the sick, evangelize, you know, plant a church, right? That's what we heard, right? Someone who can work in all the other offices is an apostle and teach. 
Oh, is that what we heard? Yes, please, sir. Come. Is that what we have heard? Yes or no? No. Yes, yes please, sir. Well, there is a truth to it, but that's not the entire truth. Who is an apostle? An apostle is the one sent by God with a message. An apostle is the one sent by God with a message. So in every dispensation, in every generation, God has people he chooses and gives them a message to communicate to the body. Now, the message of every apostle is Jesus. The message of every child of God is Jesus. Our Lord Jesus, what he came to do, who he is, what he is, what did he do? How did he do what he do? What have we become by what we, he did? But you see, within Jesus or within the person of Jesus are a certain communicated truths that God can specially choose someone. All right, let's look at um, the book of Acts, chapter number nine. Let's look at how Paul the Apostle was chosen, all right? Oh, thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 9, let's start from verse 14. Yes, 14, 1, 4. Can you read it for us? Acts 9, verse 14. Yes, go ahead. Yes, please, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. Acts 9, verses the number 14. And I read, And he has come to Damascus with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who worship you. Mm -hmm. Verse 15, continue. Mm -hmm. Verse 15, the Lord said to him, Go, because I have chosen him to serve me, to make my name known to the Gentiles and kings and the people of Israel. You see, you see, take your time now. You see, you see the message God committed to Apostle Paul. Are you able to see that in the verse 15? He says, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for my sake. That was his commissioning. That was his message. The message of Apostle Paul was that Jesus Christ said, this Jesus himself, he told him that he will carry my name to the Gentiles. So we see that um, as much as the Apostle Peter was the first person to present the gospel to the Gentiles in, 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 in his encounter with um, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, it was Paul the Apostle that threw him the Gentiles' head the message. So it was his commissioning. So when we say someone is an apostle, an apostle has a distinct message out of the message of Christ. Do you all understand, please? Can we continue? Do you do you understand? Do you understand? Now, the first one, the first criteria for an apostle is the message. Listen, you can't bring your own message. You have to be given the message. You have to be given the message. 
So in the body of Christ today, there are many men of God who communicate a certain truth of God that compels your heart in a certain way. Is that not true? Is that not true? Oh, come on, is that not true? There are some men of God, you listen, in your relationship with God, you know, there is a different light you have seen. The message has to be communicated. There are some of us, you know, at the end of every sermon, at least you hear something about the new man in Christ. Are you all with me, please? Are you with me? Yes, please. All right. I want us to look at First uh, Corinthians chapter 9. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. This one, I, the translation I want to be quite interesting, but let's see. Mm-hmm. Oh, first Corinthians chapter 9, please, let's, because of time, uh-huh. verse 1. Who has opened it? You can read it for us. First Corinthians 9, verse 1. Yes, please, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. First Corinthians right. 9, verse is the number 1. Mm-hmm. Am I not a free man? Am I not mm-hmm. an apostle? Haven't mm-hmm. I seen Jesus our Lord? And aren't you the result of my work for the Lord? Verse no, two. it's okay. The, the next, this, this would be strange, but listen to me. So the first one, the first one, the first um, proof of, of apostleship is the message of the apostle. The second proof, look at what Paul is saying in First Corinthians chapter. 9 verse 1. He says, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen our Lord? Jesus Christ, our Lord. What does it mean? It means every apostle must have an encounter with the Lord Jesus. Have I not seen our Lord? Now, it does not end with the encounter. The encounter must come with the message. So, let's say that, you see, you were there one day and you had a dream and Jesus visited you in the dream and you were working with Jesus and you guys were plucking flowers and you were working on gold. There was no message communicated. You are not an apostle. When Paul encountered Jesus on his way to Damascus, there was a message communicated. That was a message we read earlier. He said, he will bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings. So every encounter, listen, I'll come to the next thing to rubbish some of the arguments I've been hearing. But then every true encounter with the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's okay. Am I not an apostle? That was the question. That was Paul's question. Is he not an apostle? And why did he question that? You see, in, in Acts chapter 9 verse 1, right? Paul was trying to defend himself and defend his apostleship. Now, according to some history that has been there, it was because his apostleship was questioned by some senior apostles. So the senior apostles questioned his apostleship. Then he began to give us the requirement that, look, you saw the Lord Jesus himself, I've also seen him. You see, but like I said, every encounter with Jesus without any communication does not commission you. Or without any message does not commission you. 
have I not seen the Lord? Now, he went on to say, are you, are not you my workmanship in the Lord? What did, what translation did um, Esther read? Esther, read your translation. I love it very much. I think it's a good news Bible. Yes, Go please. Ahead. Please use my Bible, please, sir. Mm -hmm. um, what did you say? Ephesians 9, verses the number one. Am I not a man? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord? And aren't you the result of my work for the Lord? Are you not the result of my work? Listen, every true apostle has results to his work. They have what? Results to his work. Now, the result of his work is not crowd, it's men. I want to say it again. The result of his, his work is not crowd, it's men. Men who will stand the test of time. So the Bible calls Jesus our um, high priest, our apostle, who is now with our high apostle, who is now with the father. What was the proof of his apostleship? That the 12 men or the 11 men that he raised stood and pronounced his message to the ends of the world. So not only did he raise men, but those men he raised also stood the test of time. That Paul can stand and say, Timothy was my son. Philemon was my son. Epaphroditus was my son. Epaphras was my son. Irenaeus was my son. You see, he can stand and mention all these names of these men. That these men also stood the test of his time. He asked them, are you not my workmanship in the Lord? Are you not the truity of my message? Not just two years, not just three years, not just four years, not even ten years. But in the in the in time span, in time span. When you look at the man of God, Pastor Benihim, in time span, he has raised many, many today. Today, not only does still still preach. Many of his sons are still preaching. Pastor Vlad of Hungary, Jen is out of him. Pastor David Hernandez, um, Diga Hernandez is out of him. And many others who today are still, you know, that man is an apostle. I'm not exalting the man, but that is the truth of God's word. He shared, Pastor Benny has shared so much of his encounters. If you have read Good Morning Holy Spirit, you should know. He has shared so many of his encounters with the Lord Jesus, even when he was young. Is that not an apostle? If you know me, you know how much I love Pastor Ben. I've said this and I'll say it again. If I see anyone talking against him, I will pack my, I'll pack. If I'm driving, I'll pack. I'll go and beat the person, come back and sit in my car and go. You dare not. You dare not. Yeah, oh, no, no, you dare not in front of me. If you want to joke, you can go and joke somewhere, not in front of me. You speak against men like Apostle Aaron. I'll come to your house with a cane. I'll beat you with all my heart. Go back to my house. Am I not an apostle? That was the question. Who is an apostle? And I've listed an apostle is a man with a distant message out of the message of Christ. Not without the message. So within the message of Jesus Christ is a distance. So the message of Jesus Christ becomes the umbrella becomes an umbrella and out of the message of christ he has a message out of that message 
that compels men. So, for example, when we look at Pastor Benny, the, the message of the Holy Spirit, oh boy, oh boy, there is no, I am a I'm here to find a teacher in our generation who taught and brought the message of the Holy Spirit like Pastor Benny. You see, are you all with me, please? Are you all with me? Are you all with me? So the apostles, let's go back and let's finish because of time. Let's finish. He says he presented, you know, by um, he, until the day he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. The apostles whom he had chosen. Apostles are chosen by God. All right? They are chosen by God. Don't just believe. The Bible says don't believe every spirit. Not everyone who claims apostleship. Let me also say this. Not everyone who claims to have met Jesus. That was Jesus. Let me say this. Any man who encounters the lordship of Jesus, Jesus himself, his communication is heavy on their tongue. They don't just say it anywhere. These things are sacred. These things are sacred. If the Bible did not record for us that Paul encountered the lordship, we wouldn't have known. These things are sacred. But for effectual communication's sake, some of some men of God, you know, would communicate that, oh, one time, you know, if I've read um, Papa Kenneth Hagen's books, one time he had a fracture in his hand and he was at the hospital and he was lying down. The Lord Jesus entered the room. He spoke with the Lord Jesus. Jesus went. His hands was not healed. He was still sick. He was still on the sick bed. You see, there are certain truths. These things are sacred. It is communicated with a certain level of sacrecy. Those Most of all of us are Africans. Let me say this. When you visit the voodoo or the babalaos, the things they do there, are they not sacred? Oh, come on, are they not sacred? You know, you go there, for example, Moses has encountered God in the burning bush. Moses, in his, you know, in his inquisitiveness, is trying to find out what is going on. He draws near to the burning bush. And God will tell him, take your shoes off. Take your sandals. What, what is it about the sandals that should be taken off? And God went on to say, the place where you stand is holy. The word holy, means sacred holy means things which are not common so the opposite of holy is, is not unholy the opposite of holy is common the opposite of holy is what common so whatever is common is not holy <laughs> so when we say holy the reason why god is holy is because god is not common God is everywhere, but God is not anywhere. And you see, these are truths that man, you see, when you have an encounter, cherish it until the Holy Spirit gives you a liberty to share it. Don't just go on social media. Why must everything see the light of social media? Why? 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 Don't just go on social media and begin to communicate. You know, God was telling me. Sometimes and most often, whatever God is telling you is for you, not for people. That is the reason why when you study the New Testament, 
what God told the apostles for themselves was never written. It Whatever was written was for their teaching and for their edification. I've said this, cherish this relationship you have with God. God is, is, he is, he's not a scary being or a scary person. No, he's a wonderful father. You see, let me say this. Every father will be able to trust their children if their children walk with them in a certain sacredness. That is my father. I'm able to go to him anytime I want, but there is this fear of God. There's this genuity in my heart concerning and things pertaining my relationship with him. After he has given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Many are called, but it will always be the few that will be chosen. The difference between the many and the chosen is how they treated when they were called. Your response to God matters. Your response to God in prayer matters. These are not religious acts. This, this is the sacredness of how much you value your relationship with God. Do you value your relationship with God? Do you value the access God has value with? Cherish it with your heart. Cherish it. Cherish it with your heart. And when you cherish your relationship with God, not everyone is allowed into your space. Not everywhere do you step foot at. Not everyone do you speak to. One time I was about to call someone. The Holy Spirit told me, don't call the person. I'm like, God, why? Is it not a person? Sometimes it's not because of the person. It's because of the relationship you have with him. Who has realized, since you accepted the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it is like you are separated from everyone else. Who has realized? It's like it feels like you are separated from everything, everyone, even in school, among people, it's like you are even among your Christian faith, even among your Christian brothers and sisters. Sometimes you go with them, you know, all of you are having fun, but it's like you are different, they are different, everyone is different, different. But who has realized that? Why? Because how God relates with you is not how God would relate with me, but God relates with us all. But there is nothing under all, there is no way God would relate with anyone outside the compendium of his word. This week, Sahar was sharing um, something with me. She spoke to one of her friends. This friend has been here. And the girl was saying that me, you know, the Bible is good, but I'll, I have my own experiences with God. You see, every experience with God outside the truth of his word is false, is false, and very much false. The grace of God is not the license to fool. It's a license to walk right. Now that grace abounds. He says, shall we continue to sin? That grace will abound. No! I want to say it again. Ah, that, that line is so sweet. The grace of God is not the license to fool. Anyway, you are lift up your hands and just begin to thank God for his way. Kyle, I bless, shut, I bless, get up. Thank you.